That's my clap sync. Welcome back to Your Parents Watched This, the podcast where we watch movies your parents watched and find out why they are the way they are. Why did? Why is your dad always saying stuff like that? This movie is why. Yeah, Let's get into it. <laughs> we're about to find out why your dad doesn't cry. Uh, what movie <laughs> are we watching? We're watching a classic film from the 1980s. Yeah. It's called Enter the Ninja. Have you ever heard of it? I have heard of it. I was the one who told you about this <laughs> this little flick. <laughs> it's uh, a good little ditty, isn't it? Yeah, you can stream it. If you guys want to stream it, streamable on Amazon Prime off the MGM channel, and I highly recommend it. Uh, this movie, or do, uh, do you want to, let, let's uh, blast off and do a quick little synopsis. Let's do a, yeah, we'll do a rundown of the plot for those who haven't seen it. All right, synopsis time. All right, Enter the Ninja is a 1981 American martial arts film directed by Menahem Golan. Uh, and starring Franco Nero, Susan George, Christopher George, and Shoka Sugi. The film is about a martial arts expert named Cole, who is visiting his friend Frank in the Philippines. On arrival, <laughs> Cole learns that his friend is being harassed by the wealthy businessman Charles Venarius, who wants Frank's land for the oil underneath. Frank and his wife are continuously thwarted by Cole, who defends them with his martial arts skills. Learning of Cole's presence, Venarius hires his own ninja, to try and go kick Cole's ass and take Frank's land. Great synopsis, Kian. I gotta say, man, every time I have every guy named Cole I've ever met is not a martial arts expert. He's always like a shatter expert. Yeah. <laughs> He's always like an expert on what pills you should take every, in combination with other pills. Yeah, every guy I know will be the first <laughs> to admit that he doesn't know martial arts, but that he could for sure kick any martial artist's ass. Yeah, that's more of a Cole type thing. Cole doesn't need martial arts because Cole has so many goddamn gas station knives all around <laughs> his apartment. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> every dude I know named Cole cuts his hair with gas station knives. Yeah. <laughs> Cole doesn't use scissors. He just uses two knives, one in each hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Fuck. So it's a great flick, you know? Um, I mean, it's strong. Like, it's really fucking good. How does it, there's not a lot in the plot, though. Like, that was a short synopsis of a plot. It's not because no, we're breaking it down shortly. It's because we're just there's a lot of side stories. Pretty much everything that happens in this movie is just a way for there to be guys for Cole to beat the shit out of. And I really like that. I respect it. It's what a movie. It's what the movie industry was built off of. And I'm sad they've strayed so far from their roots. It's today. disgusting. Let's start fucking ripping apart the scenes. Because in this first one, I think you can pretty much tell like whether you're going to be able to handle this movie and everything it throws at you just by how you react to the first seven minutes of Cole, I guess, invading some sort of ninja monastery and killing like seven guys. Yeah, it doesn't really set up that he is a ninja. It more set ups that like there's one ninja fighting 12 other ninjas there's one white ninja in a perfect flawless white uniform with uh, uh who also happens to be a white guy with a big thick bushy mustache and mm -hmm. he breaks in and he kills all these other ninjas he gets all the way to the ninja master where mm -hmm. he bows at him and then cuts his head off and then he like claims his role as the king of the place or like the lead master ninja all the other ninjas come into the into the main room and they like bat or kneel and show the guy respect but then the fucking ninja who he beheaded walks in also holding yeah. his severed head well everybody knows in order to graduate ninja school you don't have to write a test you just have to blast your master's head off and then also everybody knows that every ninja master knows the secret to regrowing their own head. Yeah, that's day one ninja master shit. You learn how to regrow your own head. It's sort of like how high school graduates throw their hats in the air, except ninja school graduates throw their master's head in the air. And then they just catch it right back on their neck right after. The master catches it and sews it on, yeah. But I just like never knew what happened. Like, Did he cut his identical twin's head off? Was it Because I guess they wanted it to go with... Or they were trying to uh, uh, establish that it was all fake, right? Because, like, there's this one ninja in the crowd there who has, like, a giant sword slash across his face. And then, like, he's bleeding everywhere. And then he just takes, like, a bamboo uh, plate out of his uh, chest. like Yeah, like in the shape of a bulletproof vest. Yeah, but it's like, that's not sword proof. And also, you were stabbed in the face. Like, <laughs> why are you here, dude? Why you should you be in the hospital. Alive? Yeah, but then I also think it might not... They might not be trying to say that all those people survived because everyone else isn't bleeding. 
That's true. There's like seven other ninjas with just like fully functional, completely beautiful, pristine looking faces. But then I, I just I can't imagine that he was able to kill like five guys out of his graduating class and have none of them even worry about it. You didn't do that in your graduating class? I guess maybe I went to a weak school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you went to a sports academy or whatever. At sports academy, you have to murder about uh, like 30% of yeah, the Yeah, all the weakest guys not only don't graduate, but they die. They as a, for real <laughs> die. As a policy in ninja school, they won't fail you. They'll just have another student kill you. Yes, yeah, so they just fucking passed him after killing three or four of his classmates and pretending to kill his master. They passed him. And, yeah, they uh, said you have what it takes to become a real ninja. There's nothing else we can teach you. And then they sent, and then he just went to the Philippines to go meet up with his pal. Yeah, but it was weird because like his master didn't even have like a wound on his neck or anything. Like, dude, well, he was carrying makes around a severed head. That's why it makes me wonder if like who was that? Was it uh, his twin? Was it his uncle? <laughs> it was I- his identical twin who he didn't really like? <laughs> yeah, who the movie never established. You just killed my rude twin, dude. You're past you've passed ninja school. <laughs> yeah, I got to say like it's a simple plot after the first 15 minutes. Yeah, the, the first, first 7 minutes, minutes are the most confusing are fucking minutes so of your life. So complicated. I've seen this movie 4 times now. I still don't know what happened during those first four, uh, seven minutes. But, like, I think the whole movie relies on you having those first seven minutes happen to you and just accept it and move on. And if you can <laughs> accept that and move on, you're going to love the rest of this movie. Yeah, it's But a- if not, turn it off because it's not for you. This is kind of an art film that teaches you that sometimes life don't make a lot of sense. It's a litmus test of bullshit. And if you pass, you're in for a fucking treat. And if you fail, I'm going to behead you, and then you'll come back to life as a ninja master. Yeah, and we're all going to be kind of confused about it, but <laughs> it's also not going to come back at any point, so don't worry about it too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they should just have subtitles for the whole first seven minutes that's just like, hey, don't worry about this. Yeah, because seriously. you never see any of those dudes again. It doesn't make sense, but none of these guys come back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I feel like they filmed that after they were done the entire movie. They're like, we just need a reason for this to yeah, start. Yeah, the ninja dressed in black is evil, and you can move on from that. Yeah, that's about all we learn. Anybody who's not the white guy, just you can assume they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's, like, horribly racist and, like, one of the downfalls of, like, 80s movies is that it's always the white guy who's good and it's always the uh, indistinct minority that's the bad guy. But holy shit, does it make for easy watching. Yeah, it really makes it, like, it's like if all the actors were wearing jerseys. Like, it's like watching sports. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it really is like watching sports. (laughs) You just, you pick your team and for better or for worse, you root for them. Yep, yep. Pick what color you like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's your next favorite scene after that? I mean, I'm glad you asked because it literally immediately follows that one where he's breaking he gets to the philippines after his ninja training and which was uh, in japan yeah gets so he gets he pulls up to manila to meet up with his best friend his war buddy frank they get to his house uh but it's it's gated instead of you know (laughs) waiting outside of the gate and being like hey frank my friend please let me in it's your friend cole from war (laughs) cole just fucking hops that shit strolls right up his front lawn and then his new wife uh, greets him with a shotgun like what the fuck are you doing in my house <laughs> man this is how people had to enter each other's houses before cell phones like there was just an assumed risk whenever you would show up at your friends yeah house. anytime you jump over a guy's fence you're taking your your life into your own hands because every time i come over to your place i always go hey i'm here and then you open the door but imagine if i just like kicked that shit in and busted through and that was what you had to do before there was cell phones <laughs> yeah How else would i know you're there nobody could possibly know but then she greets cole with a shotgun in his face and cole just acts like she's some hysterical woman yeah it's like what do you got that for it's like he's like ah frank's got a new broad around (laughs) yeah (laughs) classic broad behavior seriously so he just grabs her disarms her he like throws her and then also just like kicks her as she's going down to i guess make sure she fucking gets there yeah he's like this bitch might recover from being tackled i gotta kick her yeah, too i gotta make sure that don't happen <laughs> and then she's like what was that a kung fu kick and he was like huh you wish it was a kung fu kick if that was a kung fu kick you would not be in pain right now actually uh, that was a ninja kick actually lady yeah. and uh 
he they, he doesn't explain the difference between a ninja and a kung fu kick. No, no, no. Just like you, the viewer, would know. And that it was like a, an <laughs> in-joke. It was like, obviously, everybody knows this. Obviously, we don't even have to get into the difference between these two kicks. Yeah, he did that thing that Jim from The Office does where he's like, obviously, it was a ninja kick. Yeah, he looks at the camera and does <laughs> just some winks, eyebrows. Winks at me and my boys <laughs> watching. We're like, yeah, of course it was a ninja kick, dude. And you would feel like if, if I don't know about you, Brad, but if I saw my girl get beat up by a guy after she just tried to pull a gun on him, I would probably at least want to hear her out before I came out applauding the guy for kicking my girlfriend <laughs> to the <laughs> ground. <laughs> yeah, I'd want to see like maybe what she thinks I should do first. But then I also would say like, if she makes that mistake, she's probably made other mistakes. If she thinks that a ninja kick is a kung fu kick, I would say probably she's not <laughs> to be trusted. You're probably right. And that I mean that's like How am I supposed to believe your side of the story now, you psycho? <laughs> and that's how her husband acts cuz he just walks out and immediately takes Cole's side like oh is she mouthing off again hey is this lady bothering you did she just misidentify the kind of kick you hit her with <laughs> she misidentified your <laughs> kick that's actually more offensive than anything you could do I just think it's so funny that this guy has his boys back no matter what like no matter the fact that he just watched her watched him beat his own wife yeah it really sets up that Frank is a great friend doesn't it yeah it really does. And then I think happens? Frank is the true... I want to get this out there early. I think Frank is the true pro cr- protagonist of this movie. And I think that Cole is a homewrecker. I think Cole is a beautiful white homewrecker. Yep. I think... Uh, Goddamn. White savior? More like white homewrecker. More like white bad. M- white bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> You ever you ever hear that? <laughs> White it's not a self savior. He only White. saved himself. White mean person. Evil uh, White. Yeah, evil white. Cole is evil white to a T. <laughs> he acts excellent and he just comes in and steals a man's girlfriend. That's what this whole shit's leading up to anyway. Uh what's the next future con? I would say uh, le- uh, let's talk about uh, their use of uh, cockfights as celebration. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? Because every time Cole <laughs> saves a day, every time Cole defends Frank's land uh, from uh, the group of bad guys that are trying to purchase it, they're All just his like, employees are like, let's reward you. Dude, let's have a cockfight. I got a bird right here. It's got <laughs> razors on its feet. Dude, I've been carrying three chickens in this bag. Let's put them to use. Yo, this, ris- this rooster's pissed off. You want to <laughs> <laughs> pit it against this other rooster that's pissed off? I yeah, know you do. Like, you got 200 pesos. Of course you do. Do you think that's historically accurate? Like, do you think in settler times, whenever they would like find some gold in the gold rush, they'd be like, all right, it's time to fucking throw a party. Before we mind this, let's have a quick cockfight. Like, you know how Christmas originated from pagan festivals? What if birthdays originated from cockfighting? Like <laughs> 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 That's what they used to do on everyone's birthday. Yeah, yeah. And then it just ended up becoming its own thing after everyone realized, like, hey, we can just have a cock fight <laughs> they're like let's have to like, be somebody's birthday what if time. instead of once a year we do like eight a day yeah what if anytime anything good happens <laughs> we just we just have like a cock fight or something do you think that's controversial do you think today's audiences are pro or anti cock fighting well we did some research into this and i think it really matters on where you live because what countries do you remember what countries oh, it was shit. still legal in let me uh it's probably still loaded up in my all right Google quick cut cock fighting is legal in puerto rico the Philippines, and somewhere else. Fuck. All lands kissed by God. Uh, the Philippines is also where this movie takes place, so I feel like them watching this now, whatever. Yeah, like it's only legal in two countries, but I feel like some modern-day audiences would appreciate it because it's also only a misdemeanor in like 40 states. <laughs> like yeah. in Utah, you could just get like a ticket for cockfighting. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like maybe like maybe we're not ready for it up here in Canada. We could switch it to dogs or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog fighting is huge these days. That's less problem. Switch it to dogs. <laughs> That's what I say in the remake. We switch it to dog fighting. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I do think like maybe. They should think of a different celebration. I just don't know if there's a way to show your happiness quite like a cockfight. Dude, imagine, like, I mean, the reason we hate cockfights is just because we didn't grow up with them. Imagine, 
Imagine <laughs> that's the only reason we're against. It's them. the only reason because let me break it We've down. We've been for you. conditioned by the liberals to not like cockfights. We have because think about it like that. Like we love combat sports, we love boxing, we love all that. That's what cockfighting is, except for it's more brutal. Somebody dies at the end, and then you get to eat them. Yeah, that's true. When someone loses in boxing, nobody gets fed. So yeah, boxing's actually even kind if of they die in the ring, all that meat just goes to waste. <laughs> so actually i guess our argument here is that uh cockfighting is more ethical than boxing yeah because you can eat the losers yeah as brad would say so as we've figured out through a deep scientific dive cockfighting is actually not controversial it's actually pro-traversal i would say that actually we should get rid of all the man on man violence in this movie and replace it with even more cockfighting yeah that's the other thing is like these ninjas like do a proxy war between two different companies trying to fight over land and it's like why don't we just take that down one more notch and make it a cockfighting proxy war (laughs) where whoever wins that gets the land yeah i don't know why this whole movie wasn't just settled by cockfight like a lot of dudes had to die for this only one chicken did So that, that's step one to make this uh, shit more progressive and releasable in this modern era. More cockfights, less man action. Yeah, you would think it'd be different, but actually... You'd think it would be different, but yeah, no, we've actually cracked something wide open here. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your next p- controversial moment? Maybe not a controversy, but something that I was pleasantly surprised with was how anti-gun the protagonist was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess it kind of makes sense that the guy who spent years of his life getting perfect ninja kicks is anti any weapon that would uh, make it so he didn't have to throw kicks out at people. Yeah, well, I kind of assumed it was the war that turned him against guns. Yeah, you, you had this. Th- do you right? want to? Yeah. Because my theory is like he was in the war uh, and in the flashbacks to the war scenes, he's always blasting a gun like it's the best goddamn day of his life. Yeah, like, or he's getting shot. Yeah, he's, he's so he loves both ends of guns. <laughs> both possibilities guns could Big gun with. guy in every every sense of the word. But then I guess he saw the horrors of uh, what guns can do because later on in the movie he's like, you know what, I'm just going to stab. I don't like he's guns. Like, I hate guns. I'd like to use a sword, a dagger, and some blow darts. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't like guns. I would much rather just chop your head off and throw a knife into your gut. Yeah, yeah, but it, then he keeps shooting people with bow and arrows too, and you're like, how is this different? Like, yeah, how is this any better i think really he just hates loud noises yeah maybe he hates (laughs) he hates loud noises and he loves agony that's really what's i hate guns but not for the reason you'd expect it's because they kill you too fast (laughs) (laughs) i like to stab you with a chair or maybe break your neck yeah he's using a lot of unconventional yeah he he breaks like nine dudes necks and then is like yeah i don't like guns (laughs) guns are evil bro guns are what's bad yeah, and s- he still will watch a cockfight. <laughs> um, I actually have a theory that he doesn't know any of those guys are dead. That he thinks <laughs> he's just, like, wounding everybody or, like, choking them out. Could you imagine, like, breaking a guy's neck, like, and some- someone being like, dude, you broke his neck. And then you being like, no. no. Yeah, I broke his neck. I choked neck. him out. It's an easily recoverable injury. I just choked him out. He's unconscious right now. <laughs> yeah, like, I just knocked him out. I, I, I just knocked him out. Doing that same thing for the scene where <laughs> Knocked he th- him right out. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the same thing for the scene where he threw the sword like a spear. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I just took him out cold there. He's going to be fine in a couple days. Yeah, though. he'll recover from that. He'll, he'll bounce back. <laughs> little cut, little flesh wound. Yeah, but it, it is kind of nice that it's anti-guns. You know, it's sort of progressive. It tells us, uh, hey, maybe maybe we solve things with our hands. You know, don't jump straight to your words. Don't be a pussy. Yeah, don't talk your way out of a anti-guns, fight. Anti-guns, pro-punching, pro-kicking. Don't talk your way out of a fight. Don't shoot your way out of a fight. Fight they, your way out of a they fight. They really don't try and talk their way out of anything in this movie. Yeah, I mean, the first seven minutes are like a silent film. Yeah, pretty much. The only sounds are punches. And, <laughs> and they don't have really good sound. No, it's, they either. really don't. All the punches are like it hits the skin and then you hear a guy be like, 
and that's Ooh. the sound effect. It's like not even uh, not even applicable. It's amazing, and they use the same neck break sound effect every single time he breaks the guy's neck, which is a lot, and it's like way too much. It sounds like the crashing of furniture or something. Like every time he does it, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it sounds like he was cracking like ten necks. They got a stock noise of like a ten car pileup. That's what <laughs> <laughs> snapping a neck sounds like. <laughs> Uh, we could also talk about how, um, oh, yeah, of course, obviously, Frank. Uh, so pretty much like the whole movie, every time you get a little bit of insight into Frank's uh, character, who's uh, Cole's best friend, um, it's pretty much just him uh, revealing uh, his own inner turmoil about how, like, he, he, you know, he can't stop drinking pretty much, like, yeah, yeah. except he refuses to acknowledge that's a problem. He tells Cole that he's impotent now, he can't get it up, and how it's not his wife's fault. Like, he doesn't She's even hot. He doesn't even care about the man-versus-man conflict going on between him and Mr. Venarius. All he cares about is man-versus-self. But I think, like, how can you not blame him? Like, he was a fucking... He's obviously suffering PTSD from the war that he fought in. Exactly. You gotta better yourself before you can go around murdering guys. But, like, he's fucked up, and he's also being honest about it. Like, he's coming to his friend and being like, Hey, dude, I'm not okay right now. It's, like, affecting my <laughs> wife. It's affecting my work. And like, his friend is like, Yeah, dude, you're right. Let's go kill all those guys. Well, and his friend just, like, takes in all that information, and then, like uses it to i guess have sex with his wife in the next <laughs> in like literally the very next scene like frank just reveals all this shit and then cole is just like hmm what i'm getting out of this is that you're a bitch and your wife is horny and then he just goes home and fucks his wife yeah and so what does that say frank's a bad friend or frank's a good ninja uh it says that cole's a bad friend oh sorry does it say Cole's a bad friend or Cole's a good Cole's ninja? And that Cole's a good ninja, I guess. I mean, it says both of those. Th- I I think Cole's a bad person. Cole's a bad person, and if this movie to w- were to be remade, Frank would be the protagonist of it. Frank would be the man who's, you know, a troubled, grizzled war vet who's having a tough time with his emotions, but his best friend comes to town and steals his woman. You know what I would like to see in the remake is if you, that thing happened like uh frank's the protagonist and then he teams up with the asian ninjas to take out the white ninja and then they actually kill the white ninja yeah and then they uh, i think that would be way less problematic and then they and then the end scene of the movie is just like a bunch of boats full of americans fleeing the philippines as ninjas chase them (laughs) that's what i would like to see in a less controversial version of this movie i think it should be frank uh offering or all they really had to do was bring a counter offer to Mr. Venerius over the purchase of their land. Yeah, they and Frank could have been like, "Hey, how about you give me this much money, and then you can <laughs> have it." But I also want to stay working here, and also you have to guarantee all my people jobs. Yeah, he what just... if they did that, and then they just had like a utopia where everyone was flush with oil money and no one died? Yeah, he could have just sold the oil under the land and been like, "But we're keeping the land. You could just drill it out." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all they had to do to avoid. 40 plus deaths was a propose a counter offer. That's how progressive Frank is, bro. He's like, I do not want my land contributing to global warming. I will murder you and your entire company. I'll kill 50 men before I have to succumb to the pressures of globalism. That's what we should do to Exxon Mobil, man. <laughs> and we should tell them we have oil in this apartment. And then what we should do is murder the CEO. Yeah, Brad's got oil in the floor of this apartment. <laughs> and then I'm just dressed up like a ninja fucking cracking everyone's neck who walks in the door. Yeah, I really do think Frank is the most progressive character in all of this. It's a shame that he has to be impotent and have a drinking problem and die. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It shouldn't... <sighs> but that's what progressive dudes do. You know what I that mean? That is what progressive dudes do. I don't we know a single man hard. who's in touch with his emotions who also doesn't have a drinking problem and <laughs> is going to die young. <laughs> Every dude I know can't get hard. Every dude I know can't get boners and is about to die. Yep. That's what the NDP is <laughs> all about, baby. <laughs> uh, some of the ways that Frank, uh, uh, or sorry, that Cole um, kicks people's asses are questionable. Like, uh, he, he he defends the farm after the guy with the hook hand shows up with all his henchmen. <laughs> Cole yeah. kicks all their asses. And then the scene ends with Cole ripping off the henchman's hook hand 
revealing that his stump is like still pretty flat fresh like it's still bleeding everywhere like it seems like <laughs> yeah, it yeah. seems like he lost his hand and then the movie started yeah he lost his hand found a hook on the ground and then he's like okay i'm ready to shoot uh, yeah and then the camera was put on him immediately like it was he just got his shit to stop bleeding yeah when he when he rips off the hook from the hand it looks like he just actually ripped off a hand yeah like, it looked like it was meat, attached like, flaps out like a fucking whip it's maybe so the, gross Maybe the director was like, didn't understand the whole, uh, I guess, concept of a prosthetic. Maybe he just thought yeah. like, yeah, you know, how some people have hooks for hands and everyone else is like, what? What are you talking about? It's like, yeah, this guy's got a hook for his hand and he's going to pull it off. And I all guess, the hook yeah. flesh is going to come off, too. I guess. Yeah, I guess these directors and everyone was like, what? And except like two guys who questioned him got uh, fired off the sets. They were just like, yeah, OK, this guy's a hook for a hand. Yeah, anyone who questioned his hook hand decision got murdered by a ninja. <laughs> it got kicked in the face by a third beige ninja. Yeah, I guess really that's all that says. It's not really controversial. It's just like, oh, this guy needs to spend more time with amputees because he doesn't <laughs> fucking get it, bro. Yeah, this guy has no fucking idea. You really think an amputee who's still bleeding would also wear a cream-colored suit? <laughs> you are dead wrong. I won't eat. I won't wear anything white if I know I might eat spaghetti that day. <laughs> this guy's like, my arm literally is meat spaghetti, and I would like to wear a white suit. Yeah, and I'm going to pop this shit on without getting any blood down the sleeve. That's the other thing about this movie is it's very... Very faithful to the 80s trope of wearing a white suit. Everyone wears white suits. You know what I especially love is how uh, the white ninja, the only ninja in his entire ninja school who dresses in all white, by the way, they cut to a scene where he's like, you know, in casual dress chatting with his master. He also only wears white denim. He's he's (laughs) either wearing full white ninja or all white denim. No in between. (laughs) This man's only wearing white. Yeah, man, what was with that in the 80s? Like, every dude was just wearing all white all the time. Do you think it was just that he went to Japan and they were like, oh, you're the only white guy? And he was like, I guess that's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm huge. Well, at first I thought that until every other guy in the movie was wearing a full white outfit. That's true. Pretty much all the bad guys, like all the henchmen wore white outfits. All the henchmen's suits got progressively more white. Did you notice that? Like, (laughs) there's a scene in the movie where the bad, I really like this, by the way. Like, you watch a bunch of, like, martial arts movies. At a certain point, you wonder, like, where are all these guys, or, like, where did all these guys who are getting their asses kicked come from? Yeah, usually they don't establish, like, the hiring process of all the evil henchmen. But there's a point in the movie where a main bad guy goes down to the docks to round up a bunch of henchmen. (laughs) The Manila Wharf, and there's just, like, 47 dudes standing there doing nothing. We just got a shipment of bad guys in this week, actually. Hey, who wants a job where you die? And they all did. And uh, then they all just started. He made them fight over the job. He was like, why don't you guys partner up? We have an interview. And then he's like, actually fist fight each other. And then he still hired everybody. (laughs) He's still like, okay, the losers too. (laughs) You guys tried really hard. (laughs) He's like, you guys got heart. You might not have won the fight, but you got heart. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we need in Venarius Industries. A lot of heart. Uh, You want to talk about the fucking... Let's talk about the bad guys here, because I love Mr. Venarius, and he's got one of my most favorite villain hideouts. There's a whole solid cast of bad guys, but go on with Mr. V. So Mr. V, the first first, uh, introduction you have of him, he's standing... Did you know they call me Mr. V? Nope. Because... Explain. Because I'm always getting about vaginas. (laughs) (laughs) mr v everybody (laughs) um yeah his they intro him in his office which is on the top floor of the most modern nicest building in manila that you've ever seen (laughs) yeah he goes up like this 13 floors of a skyscraper and then it opens and then it's just a pool surrounded by desks yeah it's a swimming pool surrounded by desks his desk is at the head of the pool (laughs) like how a grandpa sits at the head of the table he's at the head of the pool pools full of like synchronized swimmers everyone's just doing like nonsense office work all around them. yeah can you imagine paying 100 henchmen and then 200 hench women to just swim for the whole time also yeah seriously <laughs> like there's not maybe if he would have hired one of those ladies to take out coal like they could have actually got some shit done this guy would not have to invade frank's oil or frank's property to get all his oil money if he just cut back on the amount of fucking synchronized swimmers <laughs> yeah, he had on their like, payroll he's like 
like, our overhead's way too high. What can we do? <laughs> well, we could lay some people off, or we could start a war. <laughs> yeah, war, <laughs> definitely war. Yeah, we're going to have to do we war. Definitely got to invade. I'm not having less synchronized swimmers than I already have. Watching all these ladies move their arms in different triangles really warms me up for the day, so we got to start a war. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so it's a it's an unreal office, right? And then and he he rules as a villain, except for how he kind of mistreats. It's his sort workers. of problematic the the lady pool thing. Like, I don't think I the would, lady pool is problematic at all. I, I think that wish, rules. I think to balance it out, he should have had a couple dudes in the pool too. Yeah, some of the office guys should be like kicking their feet, like just to show that it's not like an objectification thing; it's a productivity thing. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. not. I'm not trying to look at titties. I'm trying to get in the right headspace. No, this is like a tech startup where you have to play pinball for a little bit between your jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is Google. We have a slide. <laughs> <laughs> There's also an employee kitchen, but you didn't show that in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Venarius Industries is ran the same way as Google. <laughs> the same way as a modern tech startup <laughs> i don't know a single that was the only office in the 80s that didn't have cubicles by the way yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every office is like set up like Mad Men, where it's just cubicles and you spank everyone's ass but this one it's like no you swim into people's ass <laughs> and i mean like it seems like he's very for the workers up until uh the end of the movie and he uh you know shoots his uh, most trusted right wing man. Right oh, in that's the, heart. the other thing I wanted to talk about is it rules how he never he won't directly speak to any one of his employees. He always goes through a middleman yes. like near them. Like he treats every employee like you would when you were ignoring your friend in grade four. He's like, Mr. Porter, tell Mr. Johnson that I think he's stupid and dumb. Yeah, Mr. Hook, the hook hand <laughs> guy is like the lowest of the low. And when he tries to have a meeting, he like will not it's like like what you were saying before it's like when you were in grade five and you won't talk to one of your friends so you're like to your other friend hey can you tell tyler that he's gay <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the most childish fucking syndicate ever operated yeah, but somehow yeah, yeah. they're still billionaires <laughs> <laughs> it's literally <laughs> man it's like if a uh, fucking tesla did all their board meetings in a sandbox like <laughs> it's just so unprofessional in this workplace <laughs> <laughs> like no wonder your fucking acquisitions aren't working out too hot yeah no wonder why you have to uh, bring in a ninja to invade <laughs> yeah yeah that was also yeah sorry what were you gonna say as soon as he finds out cole's a ninja he's like you know what instead of getting more guys with guns let's get one other ninja yeah let's just get me one ninja and then also how fucking easy it is to get that ninja yeah he just sends a guy to japan he sends his guy to japan to meet not with like a ninja master there's no scenes of him searching for a ninja it's just like as soon as he lands in japan he's at the ninja hiring store he goes to a talent agency like just <laughs> a fucking talent like a guy who represents you know like actors musicians and ninjas you know killers for hire yeah yeah because the that's right because the talent agent like as soon as the guy showed up he's like you, oh, so you mean you want a guy to play a ninja in, like, a movie? And he's like, no, I want, like, a trained assassin. And the guy's like, oh, no problem. I can uh, do that, oh, too. Oh, simple misunderstanding. Yeah, I can handle that. <laughs> yeah, we also do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. I wonder if real talent agencies do that. I'm going to hit up Callback yeah, Corporate call. Entertainment. Hey, Callback, I know you mostly do call, uh, <laughs> corporate stand-up comedy, but is there any way you could help me out with a bounty hunter? <laughs> Is there any way you could get me a couple of young hitters, please? You think you could get me an enforcer of sorts? <laughs> My budget's fifteen hundred. All right, let's bleep that name drop. No, let's keep it in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> shout out Judy. Shout out Nancy. <laughs> so they get the, they go to Japan. Yep. Rassle up a ninja, rustle up a ninja, take him back to the Philippines, uh, and then uh, <laughs> and then Mr. Venerius. Uh, asks his henchmen to activate their visitor from Japan, mm -hmm. which is such an insane way to be like, hey, ninja, start killing. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, he's like, he calls it activating, which is like, I don't, there's no other point where any ninja references being activated or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, you don't have to like turn them on or something. You don't have, there isn't like a, you know, a key or a button you have to press. 
He just like I'm just picturing like him saying activate the ninja and then the henchman running up and putting his finger in his butt and running away. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm imagining it's like a horse like where they just slap him on the ass <laughs> and he like takes off into the night. Go murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And just the very next scene is like the ninja with two torches like burning down a village like in the style of an American battalion in Vietnam. Yeah, he's in the cockfighting square where yeah, the, all in, the employees reside. In cockfight square, normally <laughs> uh, a, a place of celebration and happiness. <laughs> normally a place of reverence. Now reduced to rubble and ash. Yeah, he, so he's fucking running around lighting that shit on fire, but he's kind of a good guy because he still doesn't kill anyone. Like, Cole is murdering everybody in this whole movie, but the, e- the supposedly evil ninja doesn't do one murder. Yeah, I guess he does doesn't murder any of the villagers he just he burns, just burns everything down, down and then he goes to kidnap uh the love interest of the movie well he goes to yeah to go kidnap the love interest of the movie ties her up outside and then kills her husband in front of her yeah murders frank dispatches him puts him out of his misery but like also uh, he's like try drinking after this and then he cuts his throat open <laughs> yeah here's one way to quit drinking i'll keep your husband sober forever he'll just be able to taste it slits her through his throat <laughs> just like one day sober and then he disappears into the night here's a chip um puts the chip in the throat wound <laughs> but he like uh he, he, he kills her husband right in front of her But this was, like, the night after that she cheated on him. (laughs) So she's just kind of looking at him like, oh, that kind of worked itself out. Yeah, you can kind of see in her face she's wondering if she should tell him. And she's like, this doesn't seem like the right time. Yeah. He seems like he's going through a lot (laughs) right now. (laughs) And so, yeah, he murders her in front of him. And then uh, fucking Cole shows up out of nowhere to save the day, right? Yeah, but it's uh, too late. Marianne's been disappeared, and the uh, his friend's dead in a pool. Oh, and yeah, Cole yeah. just looks over his dead friend and gets about as close as you possibly can to crying <laughs> without <laughs> actually shedding a single tear. He does that. It's like he does that movie scene that's pretty common about like where a tear's going to stream down his face, right? But then nothing comes out. Yeah, nothing comes out, and then and he just goes just right show- back to handling business. That just shows how hard of a ninja he is, man. He's like, the mission comes first. Yeah, I mean, it's not realistic. It's like Cole probably has insane PTSD, and like yeah, that's why <laughs> he's basically become a soldier for hire because he can't handle peacetime. Yeah, he's just <laughs> shoving that down and yep. going to kill someone Yeah, that else. was cool. That was a nice little scene of a man shoving something down into him. Yeah, this was sort of like, uh, that sort of made me realize, like, that's what cops do. Oh, yeah, big time. They just look at dead bodies, and then they're like, time to go create more. Yeah, time to not deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> Time to handle this in only the most superficial way. This movie could have been an allegory for like eight different things, like the colonization by the U.S., but also like police officers, but also like just white dudes being white. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a big we'll, allegory. We'll, we'll get to that. In the me- let's let's finish the last. Uh, oh, yeah. We got one last fucking thing. Uh, the big grand fight. Cole goes to, uh, you know, uh, 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 rescue his lady goes tries to fight his way to the top of Mr. Venerius's office building. But, like, the problem when you're invading an office building is that there's a lot of dudes there who just work there. Yeah, there's the problem with uh, going when you own your own entire high-rise is, like, if someone comes in trying to start shit, the bottom floor is getting it the worst. Yeah, they're getting it all the way up to the top. Because like, Cole walks in with like 20 swords, a bunch of knives, and a bow and arrow. And by the time he gets to the top floor, he has one sword left and he's murdered like 50 employees. Yeah, like all of them. And it's not like they're fucking also ninjas. They're not like kung fu guys who are coming after him. <laughs> These are just the minimum wage night security guards. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he murders like a receptionist and a janitor and stuff. Yeah, and like strips them naked and like leaves them in the elevator. Just a pile of bodies naked in the elevator for the (laughs) next guy to find. I need to send a message with this. And he's still the good guy for this entire movie. Yeah, the whole time you're like, man, fuck, protagonism. Man, it sucks this perfect man has to kill 30 dudes to make his dreams happen. (laughs) You're like, wouldn't I hate to be forced to murder everybody? (laughs) But he fights his way to the end and then he finds out that, oh, Mr. Venerius was not there, actually. That was all a waste of time. And he gets driven to a boxing 
Yeah, arena. because the henchman, Mr. Venerius's henchman, comes out and he's like, hey, just so you know, you didn't have to kill all those guys. Dude, we would have just talked to you. Yeah, and then Cole's like, why wouldn't you put up a sign that says we're ready to talk? Like, yeah. why would you keep letting me think it's still war? And then Cole just pulls his knives out of some guys and goes to meet Mr. Venerius. <laughs> Does he pull his knife? He out? doesn't pull his knife out, but he uh, is back up a couple knives when he gets in the next scene. Yeah, that's so true. So one can only assume that he did have to go back and pull some knives out of some guys. Yeah, I refuse to think it's a continuity error. No, I just think they didn't not. film him pulling his knives I out. I think they definitely just did that off screen. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, the henchman drives him to the boxing dojo where he's headquartered up. Yep, drives him outside. Uh, Cole kills another whole bunch of guards working on minimum wage. Yeah, not just even in the uniform of the company this nope. time. Now nope. they're just dudes. Just some dudes. Just some guys who worked at the building that they <laughs> took him to. Yeah, yeah. This isn't even owned by Venerius. Yeah, man. this isn't Venerius's company anymore. This is a third party <laughs> location. Yeah, this it's like if you were gonna meet your like rival at a Tim Hortons and then just to make sure it was safe, you shot every employee and customer. Yeah, it's like if it's like you know how like when you rent out a community hall it usually <laughs> comes with like one guy who has keys and like you can go in all the back areas and get you stuff you're like it's i don't like trust if you this only killed guy. that guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so cole kills that guy and then all they're all they're fucking you know in there waiting for their meeting and then he ends up dispatching all the rest of uh uh mr venerius's henchmen Mm -hmm. uh, one through a series of dope, unconnected sword moves. Yeah, through a series of sick-ass moves. There's one uh, kill I wanted to mention that really stuck out to us, where he just uh, blow. He basically, they use this as a, uh, as a way for him to use every ninja weapon that they have. So, like, yeah, arrows, you know, those size, uh, shurikens, a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. um, and he uses a blow, uh, blow darts. But, like, he just blow darts one guy, like, six times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love my favorite part about it is you see the first blow dart hit and then you see the guy start to die. Like, you see yeah, his like face it was definitely go dead. Fatal. And then he's like, I'm going to hit you with five more shots. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I, that's another reason why I say this could be a cop allegory. Yeah, it's like it's like when a cop fucking just bla lo drops an entire clip into a guy. Yeah. And he's like, I had no choice. <laughs> he's like, I was scared for he my was life. He coming right at me. <laughs> oh, God, I'm terrified. I thought he was running backwards into me. <laughs> yeah, the Imagine a cop just, like, uh, whimpering out of fear, but on the fourth shot. <laughs> 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 Four shots in, then he starts screaming. <laughs> Four shots in, and he calls for backup. <gasps> oh, fuck, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, maybe that was a bit of overkill, but I, I also thought, like, hey, this guy had an M16 and you have a blow dart. Like, maybe you need to fucking make sure he's taken care of. Yeah, so he kill he fucking kills all those guys from the shadows. Mm -hmm. Then, all of a sudden, he shows himself by grabbing the main henchman uh, around, you know, mm -hmm. in a fucking hostage hold. And Mr. Venerius is like, oh, and then it's like, Mr. Venerius, now we can talk. Yeah, he's like, if you want your henchman alive, you better release my new wife. <laughs> my friend's old wife and my new wife. <laughs> <laughs> my friend's old wife and my potential future wife. <laughs> and then Mr. Venerius is like, who says I want him alive? And then it's just like, pew. Shoots his henchman. Shoots his henchman. I will say Mr. Venerius could have shot twice and probably won that fight right there. A lot of times. Of shooting his henchman and man, then letting so the ninjas still live. So many times in that movie where people had guns to Cole's <laughs> head and were just like, hey. Stop kicking people. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, hey, stop, or I might shoot. And then he just fucking knocks his gun out of his hand with yeah. some little tap of the wrist. And yeah, there's that. a bunch of great disarming scenes where he's just like, oh. <laughs> 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 um, so then uh, he sh the Mr. Venerius shoots his main henchman. Cole. I have a huge problem with that, man. Yep. I think that is uh, that's exploiting the working class. Yep. Right there. Is That's that what not? Jeff Bezos does to his employees, It's exactly too. what Jeff Bezos does. It give, he gives them the illusion that they're rising through the ranks of the company. That, like, oh, yeah, you can start off at the bottom, but eventually you'll work your way to the top. Yeah. That guy, he probably he was, like, you know, just a regular fucking night security guard. <laughs> and all of a sudden he worked with his way to the top white suit main henchmen. Everyone but he gets to that point and then he finds out, oh, fuck, he's disposable, too, <laughs> just like the rest of them. 
<laughs> yeah, man. Every He's nothing to me. Mr. Venerius got to where he is by stepping on the backs of his workers. Everybody in an Amazon shipping facility right now is saying the same thing that that main henchman did when he died. They're just sitting there like, but sir. Yeah. <laughs> every, every time uh, factories of Amazon workers get fucked by Jeff Bezos, they just collectively say, but sir. Yeah, so I guess that's sort of an allegory for like... You shouldn't be a billionaire, dude. You should, like, just relinquish some of your greed, maybe. Just, like, uh, I don't know, try to take care of the ones that are closest to you. Yes. Because who was riding harder for Mr. Venerius than this henchman? Nobody. Seriously, nobody. This guy was doing his weird telephone game for him. Yeah. This was the only man willing to be the middleman in a conversation. Everybody else was talking straight to Mr. Venerius. Seriously. This is the only guy following protocol. This is the only guy who had Mr. Venerius' back the entire movie, and he shoots him in the heart the first chance he gets. Yeah, and I think that if my friends saw somebody exploit the working class like that, we would start the revolution now. (laughs) So I don't know if it is controversial. I think it might just be the catalyst we need. Yeah, th- that's the spark that's going to set this powder keg off <laughs> 15, 20 years later, 30 years later. If this shit gets remaked, next thing you know, the workers are going to seize the means of production. <laughs> One thing leads to another, and we're going to overthrow capitalism. <laughs> this this movie gets a, a Blu-ray re-release, and that's it. <laughs> this could be the movie that overthrows capitalism. And the you don't know. The People's Army starts. <laughs> the people's the people's ninja army of america yeah wouldn't that be beautiful ninjas just liberate us of capitalism maybe that's what the director was trying to say he was trying to tell white kids you can be ninjas too and you can attack titans of industry <laughs> yeah maybe yeah, yeah. The, maybe we've been misinterpreting it it's not problematic at all he's just showing us what the world is like he's like hey one man can make a difference as long as they're dressed up like a ninja and willing to kill 40 or 50 men and you have to have a handlebar mustache you have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then it it ends with a uh, the ninja comes out right the rival ninja. Yeah, the rival ninja. They have a showdown where uh, uh, they have a fight for the girl. Yeah, I I mean it's not really for the girl, but oh, she's just collateral. She's collateral. She's like the hostage. But and then they let her go, and it's just like they realize like oh no, we just have to end this once and for all yeah yeah, yeah. So they let her go she watches uh the white ninja kick the black ninja's ass oh that's true yeah and we're not talking race we're talking outfit colors right now yeah we when are you hear white and black but also it is racially it's white and asian so, <laughs> so, if so you are <laughs> curious about the race <laughs> so it also is racially problematic yes <laughs> you guys are right <laughs> And then, yeah, and then it's just, it, it's not even, like, they just fucking kill that guy. Then they go back to their house, and sh- I guess she expects Cole to want to stay with her, I guess, after her husband dies and they've already banged and whatever. Yeah, she kind of just assumed that they were going to get married, like, that and she was just going to be able to hop gracefully from one dong to another. Well, because, like, that entire movie, I mean, if you look at it from the perspective of Cole showing up there to try and cuck his friend... Like, everything he says seems like a very calculated move to just be the opposite of Frank. <laughs> like, he doesn't drink. He gets boners. Uh, he's not lazy. Yeah, yeah. And he fights all the time. But he doesn't like it. That's like the opposite of Frank. Frank doesn't fight but loves it. Yeah, Frank doesn't fight but wants to talk about fighting all the time. Cole just kicks ass but is, like, very stoic about it. Yeah. And uh, so at the end of the movie, the girl's like, you're going to stay here with me, right? And then uh, Frank is like... Eh, I'll be back. I don't know where you got that impression from. Yeah, but he said he'd come back, right? He said he'd come back, but then does he? Well, I don't. I mean, he he doesn't in this movie. No. Yeah, in this movie, he's out of there. He just goes to the fucking airport, and then uh, what does he say? Uh, a ninja fucking eliminates. Oh, he says, a ninja doesn't fight, he eliminates, and only for defensive purposes. And then he sees one of Mr. Venerius's ex-employees and yeah, he the winks hook-handed, at the camera. The hook-handed guy, who was like the one bad guy who didn't get his. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. At the end of the movie, you find out that he's a bag boy at the airport, which they tried to do that shamefully. I think that's wrong. I think that's shitting on workers. I think it should be they should be looking at him from a place of admiration that he was able to turn his life around and go from making millions of do- like he was wearing cream colored suits, only having one hand, probably making like way more money than anybody else on this island was, but doing it through a life of crime. The this guy went straight. This guy took a giant pay cut yeah. uh, and, and, and chose to start making an honest living. His first hook was made of sterling silver. The second one was made of tin. That's how much of a pay cut he took. Yeah. Yeah, you can hear the the other one's just prop. The other one's just tinfoil molded <laughs> in the shape of a hook. Yeah, and so then Frank is like, yeah, I would never murder someone. I would only fight them if they wanted to fight me. And then the, move, the then last scene is him winking at the camera yeah, right so after he like says that. So I'm pretty sure the movie actually ends with him murdering Hookhand and then getting on a flight and leaving. Yeah, to commit some other genocide somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, because doesn't he say, like, they're like, oh, the war's over. What are you going to do? And he's like, fuck, find another war. I guess kill in self-defense. Wink. I guess I'm going to go out there and just find someone else to murder. Yeah, that's it. He's always talking about finding another war. It's like, bro. Frank, uh, Cole is like, you know those girls where they're just like, drama just follows me around. That's, <laughs> Cole. that's Cole, but with going to war with people. Cole is like, swordsmen just follow me around. <laughs> it's like, bro, maybe if you didn't always have a sword out, you'd be in way <laughs> less sword fights. <laughs> maybe if you stopped running into buildings, masked up, sword out, you would be able to explain your way out of some stuff. <laughs> yeah. This, is, this seems like it happens to you a lot, and it's never happened to me once. So. Yeah, dude, when have you ever been assailed by a ninja? Shamalama. Beep, beep, ribby, ribby. Beep, beep, ribby, ribby. What did you want to ask? I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about old uh, Cole abandoning uh, his love interest at the end? Like, do you think that that's problematic or do you think it's the opposite of problematic, like conglomatic? <laughs> I mean... Which I is good. <laughs> in this particular case... <laughs> I don't think it was good. I think the problem was really only that he banged her. Yeah, I think like he was clearly trying to break up that marriage for the whole movie. Yeah, he clearly just came in to be a sneaky homewrecker and then disappear again. Like he kind of he got swept up in this whole defending the farm business. Bro, I bet you as soon as he got in the car and drove away from her, he, all he said to himself was just like, "Fuck, still got it." <laughs> like he just wanted to check if he still knew how to flirt. Yeah, he just went to the Philippines to prove something to himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, he wanted to see if he could still do war and still flirt. Turns out, yes. So that is problematic. Wink. Do we think that's problematic then? We're anti that? Yeah, I guess that's pretty gross. That's I pretty say if you break up your best friend's marriage, you should at least have the decency to marry the girl and love her. Yeah, that's true. If you ever, if you're ever the cheater, like the act, not the cheaty, the n- one that gets cheated with. N- yeah, if you're ever like doing the cheating with someone in a relationship, then you have to marry them when they break up with. You the have partner. to at least go to the level of relationship that they were with. The yeah, last person, you owe right? them that. You have to like. <laughs> you have to make <laughs> you, your relationship has to be as serious as the one you broke up. <laughs> I think that's the only way to make cheating not problematic. Is if you if you kiss someone's girlfriend, you have to become their boyfriend. Yeah, you have to date them for however long they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no longer and no shorter. <laughs> that's what I think should have happened. I think Cole should have married this lady and then had one of his other friends that's even more stronger uh, fucker. Yeah, he, like, calls another ninja to come in and <laughs> Hey, I heard you just graduated ninja school. You want to come out to Manila for just a minute? I was thinking about becoming impotent in honor of my friend. I think I'm going to stop getting boners. You, <laughs> you want to come take over my relationship? <laughs> I think that's the way to fix this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So add that in. That'll fix that. I think... Um, I think they could fix it by instead of having Marianne get groped, she should have just shot Cole with a shotgun as soon as yeah, he got really. entered her property. They could have avoided so much more trouble. Yeah, if by she would just, have just shot him. If they killed the main character on site, they would have walked away millionaires and <laughs> probably still been married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I bet you as soon as they would have got the like money for the land deal too, they would have discovered like some prescription Frank could have got where his dick would have got hard again. 
Yeah, they things were, would have just been perfect. Frank was probably only about five years away before Viagra was invented. <laughs> yeah. Like, if he had held out that long, he would have had such a happy marriage. Yeah, man. Like, I really do think this whole this whole thing could have been avoided if Marianne would have pulled that trigger, man. <laughs> so, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the last generation learned from this movie? That it's women's fault. Why you yeah, think always, why, that is huge up there. Why do you think they're always blaming women, huh? Why do you think your dad says stuff like that about girls? I love that Marianne is probably the most level-headed and confident, like, damsel in distress that I've ever seen in any, like, 80s garbage movie. And, like, if everybody just listened to her and acted like her for the entire movie, probably none of this shit would have happened. Yeah, man, like... She was the only one who was ready to handle shit with the gun at any time. Yeah, but she also, like, she was just peaceful. She was just trying to work her land with her friends, like. Seriously, yeah. Just trying to just trying to have a small village. Yeah, and I guess, like. Be a white queen in the Philippines. Is that too much to ask, to be an all-khaki princess? <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, the last generation learned that you're not supposed to want a peaceful life from this. The last generation really... Watched this movie and they decided we all have to try to be ninjas. <laughs> I mean, this definitely, yeah, this movie did start the ninja craze of the 80s. So that is something that, yeah, that people literally took that I have to learn ninjutsu. Pacifism ended as soon as our parents watched this movie. Yeah, they were just like, I can't kung fu kick my wife anymore. I have to li- learn. Why do you think your dad is always. art. <laughs> why do you think your dad is always like offering up suggestions of who Trudeau should invade, bro? <laughs> it's because they learned from this movie that when you have a problem, you don't handle it. You go invade and murder until you, it's done. You rustle up a ninja and you burn whoever's village down that needs to be burned. Yep. And I think, well, that is a valuable lesson in some cases. Maybe we should have uh, offset it a little bit. Offset it with what? With Marianne shooting the ninja in the face off the top. Yeah, shooting him immediately and then living a happy life with her husband. Because I feel like that movie would have been the perfect balance of violence and pacifism, you know what I mean? I feel like this was just a little overboard on the glorification. Yeah, you're right. If we want to do this right, Marianne needs to immediately kill him in self-defense, and then the movie <laughs> should end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the movie shouldn't end. It should just They should just farm for another half hour. Like, <laughs> <they> should, <laughs> it should just be like them cockfighting over and over. Yeah, it's just, yeah, them having a series of celebratory cockfights until Frank has sex with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until Frank gets a boner and has sex. That's our idea for the theatrical re-release of <laughs> Enter the Ninja. Yeah, it's pretty much just porn. It's actually called Enter Your Wife. <laughs> Enter Your Peaceful Wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a series of cockfights and then hardcore pornography, and that's how you make this ready for the modern age. <laughs> <laughs> because other- otherwise, I think there's too many negative lessons in this, like, all the racial stuff too. You're like, oh, uh, like our parents watched this and thought whites would be the best ninjas. Yeah, right? that whites would be the best ninjas. That white people would just show up to the Philippines and fix it immediately. Yeah, I think this movie really started colonialism and white supremacy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, uh, this is definitely a movie based on colonialism. No, it and started. Colo- you think it I don't got think it started? There, I don't think there was any colonialism before. You think they made this movie and then Queen Elizabeth was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. let's build some goddamn ships. <laughs> yeah. I think they made this movie. The King of Belgium saw it and he was like, oh shit. Get me Christopher Congo. Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I do think that this movie at least glorifies colonization. Oh, I don't yeah. know if it started it, but it might it might at least glorify. I mean, th- yeah, th- this is definitely on the back of it still being awesome. And like back when we would look at explorers as like, you know, fucking heroes rather than villains. Yeah. Back when they were actually called explorers yeah, back instead w- of just dumbasses who lynched people. Yeah, like back <laughs> when they, we were like, no, yeah, you did find that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back when we were like, yeah, you were the first guy here. You were the first guy who discovered all these other guys. Yeah. That's what this movie is about. The fucking 2001 social studies text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> uh i mean it, it also like um 
the the only character who's like actually in touch with his emotions and feelings is portrayed as the biggest bitch through the entire movie. So much <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that yeah. they're like, yeah, we'll also make him impotent too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Our dad saw this and then they were like, you know what? Maybe instead of opening up about my feelings, I should just kill. Yeah, seriously, that is it. Because like Cole, wa- he, he didn't watch his friend die, but he sees his dead best friend floating in a pool. And he does not cry. He doesn't. He doesn't even talk about it. He sees that, and Frank's name isn't mentioned again for the entire movie. Yeah, he doesn't miss him. He's not even like they're not even sad at the end. Him and Marianne. He just saw like everyone saw that back in the eighties, and they were like, "Oh, we can bury our emotions." Yeah, yeah. This was this movie started the craze of ninjas and the craze of burying your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like in the sixties, everybody was always talking about how they felt all the time. Oh, and then, dude, look at the Doors. It was whole fucking monologues about a man's feelings, mm-hmm. and it was the hit. And then Enter the Ninja came out. Next thing you know, the most popular band is Nickelback. <laughs> That's not about feelings. Everyone's listening to the Sex Pistols. We're spitting on people. <laughs> yeah. So I think this movie taught our dads to ignore their feelings. And I think the only possible way we can remedy that is issue a Blu-ray re-release where Cole cries and Marianne shoots him in the face. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Cole cries at the def- death of his friend, and then Marianne kills him in self-defense. <laughs> so maybe we just do this exact movie backwards and add tears, and then it would be progressive. Very progressive. Way more confusing, but a lot more progressive. And that's really what this show's all about, baby. Confusion and vague progressivism. <laughs> Confusion and positivity. That's what we're all about on this show. Confusion, positivity, throwing stars. That's... <laughs> That's Enter the Ninja. So what do you think? What do I think? This is one of my favorite garbage movies I've ever seen in my life. Like, all of it's bad, and it's, like, great. What's it called in fucking psychology? The Gestalt Theory, where something's greater than the sum of its parts? I don't really know what that means. Break it down for me. That's about all that I remember. I took one class three years ago, and uh, that was the gist of it. Let us know in the comments if this movie... Let me know if I nailed my reference to my university days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me know if I nailed that that, that scholarly joke. Um, but it's like that. Like every everything in this movie is bad, and it creates something that I love so much that is absolutely beautiful. It's a time capsule of dumb fucking macho masculinity and how nobody gave a shit about anything. Every yeah. culture was dumb except for white people, and all we did was kick <laughs> ass and kick women to the ground. Yeah, this movie's uh it's it's bad and it's offensive, but it's good to laugh at. It's a lot like if you uh I don't know, like I feel like they could have achieved this movie if they just filmed like three dudes driving Dodge Challengers on a highway really fast, you know? I mean it, it's like it would have been the same fucking movie. It's if that it's same like feeling. I mean this movie is like the eighties answer to the fast and the furious like it's just yeah. fucking shit happening to you while dudes are cool yeah this movie is like it's not the fast and the furious it's the agile and the angry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fast and the furious if they ran everywhere <laughs> and we're anti-guns <laughs> so do you think it's due for what do you think it's due for a theatrical re-release a theatrical remaster a blu-ray re-release uh, or should we just throw it in the garbage? Man, I think this shit should come back. I think it should come back unedited because, like, this is the type of shit where you see it and it, like, it it paints, like, like masculinity and all that shit in, like, such an over-the-top light where they're obviously trying to make guys seem cool and tough, but it just comes across as so fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, like, I think, like, I think you drop this movie again and it instantly becomes a satire. Yeah, seriously, that's it. Like, you draw it, everything's so over-the-top. Like, you show this to a man who wears tap out and beats his wife, and he's like, <laughs> oh, man, I didn't know that that was <laughs> he's like, man, how I came across. He's like, even I don't fuck with this masculine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even I think this is toxic that's so funny uh, so i say you show this in ex- its existing form to fucking wake people up to the air of their ways i think yeah this movie it's not very progressive but it could be used in a progressive way to scare tap out shirt guys straight yeah this is a scared straight movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is scared straight but with ninjas yeah man i love macho trash oh i'm getting a phone call do you have any closing thoughts on this movie 
Do you think it should come out unedited that we should just scare tap out losers straight? Or do you think that we can make cuts to turn this into an even more progressive masterpiece? I think it should come out. I think it should be re-released unedited for the purposes of showing us that we were wrong. Yeah, like exactly. There's dudes who still walk around in the 80s mentality of like, man, give me two weeks and I'll have some cocaine and a white suit. And it's like, we need to show those guys that y- you won't look cool in yeah, a white no, suit. You are, will look way dumber than in the, the <laughs> ill-fitting suit you already had on. Yeah, I think this is like this is like cowbo- a cowboy movie in a way that tells you that cowboys are stupid. Yeah, seriously, yeah. This is a cowboy movie if the whole thing was pe- like just being a ranch hand. <laughs> and like it wasn't like you know you're not kicking ass it's just like the monotonous work of being a cowboy yeah and you show that to somebody and you're like oh, i don't know if i'd like to do that anymore this is that you show that to as somebody who thinks it's cool to i don't know show up in uh <laughs> uh the philippines and try and become the most powerful white guy in a village and i do th- i also think if we re-release this like martial arts guys are going to get so much less annoying like if if you just made every dude who's into judo check this out, he'd be like, yeah, maybe I am actually a bitch. I think I'm actually gonna keep doing. Next time somebody tries to talk to me seriously about UFC or MMA, <laughs> I'm just gonna relay all my knowledge from this movie. <laughs> yeah, be like, yeah, like, I don't understand why he doesn't just crack his neck and then throw a sword into that guy's <laughs> belly. Someone's like, fuck, Conor McGregor's a real champion in the ring, and you're like, yeah, but he couldn't even smuggle nunchucks in there. I'd like to see him with some shurikens. Yeah, <laughs> Conor McGregor's kind of a pussy, actually. I'd like to see Conor McGregor dodge eight poison darts. Yeah, I think it's just like, it's nice to have something show you where to... What is too much masculinity? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, normally I love that. Give me some fucking tough guys with mustaches beating the shit out of each other. But at a certain point in this, at around <laughs> yeah. hour one oh seven, you're like, why? <laughs> yeah. Don't How many me. people has he even murdered? And he's not. Uh, he, uh, the, the, this doesn't seem to affect him at all. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like, he's not sad about the murders. The guys getting murdered are also not sad about the murders. <laughs> like, if a macho guy watches this, he's going to be like, hey, man, maybe we should start being sad about murders. Yeah, hey, man, maybe we should just take a victory lap and <laughs> stop killing these guys. So hey, I, guys, let's all talk to our therapists and come back tomorrow. Yeah, so I do think this movie is unintentionally progressive, which means that, uh, fuck, let's drop it now. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, I would also love I would love a remake from Frank's perspective where he's just a man trying to uh, suffering from PTSD, trying to stop his wife from banging his best friend. Yeah, like this could be the Slaughterhouse Five of movies. I haven't read that. Ah, Well, that's a good book about PTSD. But anyways, like, yeah, I, I would like I think a more progressive version of this would be it follows the story of the real protagonist as he fights through his mental health issues and people from his past that are insane keep showing up and being like, hey, I heard you like fighting. Yeah, and having to respect, like, understand the fact, like, hey, maybe your old war buddy isn't actually your best friend. Maybe he's <laughs> just a guy who's going to get you in a bunch of fights and then sleep with your wife. Yeah, maybe he's just a guy who you got shot at with. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's where your relationship should end. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't bring this guy back into your house yeah maybe dudes you hung out with in a foxhole aren't dudes you should in- hang out with in your apartment like, yeah yeah <laughs> that's the real lesson of this film yeah the same dudes who thrive in war shouldn't be in your dining room <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i think that uh, the movie achieves its goal in showing us that absolutely and i think critics at the time were a little ignorant to say that this movie is just a badly made kung fu flick. No, this movie was a genius. It's about so much more. It's a societal dissection. Societal commentary on the effects of PTSD and toxic masculinity. Amen. Amen. Turns out, they're both bad. Both bad. You heard it here first. <laughs> I love <laughs> commentaries on, on societal stuff, because it's like, oh yeah, it turns out it's exactly what you thought, actually. Yeah, guess what, guys? Society's bad. <laughs> you knew that already. Here's why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. That's it. Well, I guess that's a fucking banger of an ending, huh? Yeah, goddamn. 
Look God, at that. God Tied damn, that was off. a good podcast. Fuck, I'm going to listen to the next Christ, episode. Christ, you guys are lucky we made this. Holy shit, that is podcast rules. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the outro of all our podcasts. <laughs> uh, okay, follow me on Instagram at Kian underscore BD. Follow Brad at I hate Brad. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, come to, maybe if this is out in September, come to our contest that we're hosting at the comic strip every monday in september we're trying to crown the new king of comedy or queen of comedy uh because jeff dunham's throne has been usurped yeah watch our internet sketch about that <laughs> watch our one video about watch that watch the 30 get second it. clip we made on facebook our next episode be sure to tune in because it's featuring one of our good friends yeah Let, let's leave the guest be a surprise oh yeah it's featuring one of our good friends who's a surprise he's an actor he's been to juilliard he knows a thing or two about cinema yeah but it's still a surprise and we're gonna be dissecting the film the stuff have you ever heard of it i have not but i watched half of the trailer and was captivated yeah i've never heard of it either but that trailer man it titillated me seriously we're all gonna we're in for a treat here this is a special uh next episode special blind cast so to all the pod all the pod heads make sure you illegally download that movie and then tune in next week because yep. we're gonna be podding about some things love you <laughs>